Welcome to IndieWire's Very Good Television Podcast. I'm Liz Shannon-Miller at LizLit on Twitter. And I'm Ben Travers at Bent Travers on Twitter. We really are going to commit to that, I think. We might as well. We might as well. The Ride Bent it Travers. Till it dies. Yes. And we're talking to you once again from the IndieWire offices here in Los Angeles. We're, I know that you're, you care about the weather here in Los Angeles, so just so you know, it's kind of gray and gloomy. It's really nice. It's great. <laughs> Love it. It's, it's a, like a little rainy, kind of cloudy. It's a little cold. Like, you don't really need a jacket or anything. But, no. I mean, you know, the southern people, like the, the L.A. natives probably would complain about this. Yes. They're silly, though. Well, I, I definitely am missing my sweater right now. Oh, Liz, come on, embrace it. It's great. It, it is perfect TV watching weather. Uh, and so that's kind of, but right now we're looking at something, we're looking at an interesting event coming up next week or this week as you listen to this that has less to do about with watching TV and more about what TV there will be to watch this fall. Oh, oh, twist. Twist. Okay. Yes. So this uh, this next this week is the is the week of upfronts, which is technically technically upfronts have been happening for the last month or so, but this week is the big week when the bro- the four main broadcast networks as well as the CW. Uh, make their big presentation from about the, their fall schedules to advertisers, etc. This then trickles down to us normal normal mortals who want to know what television we're going to be able to watch next year. Yeah, and uh, I wrote an interesting article talking about how the upfronts were kind of in trouble just with their basic premise of needing to sell advertising in advance because so many more advertisers are getting concerned about marketing directly at a specific time period. Mm-hmm. So instead of just buying something out early, they want to know that their ad can be put at a specific time slot uh, and then be able to change it whenever they want to, to like alter their message or alter whatever they want to put out there, uh, which they're experimenting with, which I did not know of. You can actually, after you record something on a DVR now, they can pull out those ads that you've recorded and put in new ones. Good lord. Which just sounds insane to me. But again, to try to get people who are watching it maybe seven days later, ten days later, to get more relevant ads that are still active instead of that sale that happened the weekend that you've already lived through. So anyway, that's that's just a side note. Nobody cares, but it's funny. It's weird. No, but it's the sort of thing that comes out because I mean you have to remember that television is a business on a, on a fundamental level, and the you know I mean the fact that upfronts happen now is determined by the fact that the fall schedule that new television traditionally comes to us in the fall, and the reason that t- new television traditionally comes to us in the fall is because that is timed up with when auto manufacturers release the newest models of cars, and they are, drive a huge amount of advertising, ergo they want to tie it to new exciting programming, ergo new, sh- new TV shows start in the fall. There it is. That's like, that's decades old though at this point. Right now we live in our brand new age of whatever. And so clearly things are very different for us here in the year 2015. I mean, TV shows start in December now, Liz. I know. New shows. New shows air in December. It's who, crazy. Who could, why would they ever do such a thing? I don't understand it. Yes, it's very confusing. I'm supposed to be on my winter break. You are. I should be reveling in Christmas time joy. And instead, there's a new show coming out that I gotta binge watch and then tell everybody if it's good or bad. It's so hard. This might be pointed reference to uh, somebody we once talked to at a thing. Maybe. This is an extraordinarily inside joke, but the point is that television airs at all times. And now you're in on the joke. You so are a you're part, part you're, of it. You're a part of our joke now. You can talk, come up to us and talk to us about shows that air in December, and we'll be like, yeah, yeah. 
No, no, no new shows air in December. That's how you get into the IndieWire office, actually. If you come in and you knock on the door, if you say no new shows air in December, we'll let you in. Otherwise, not going to happen. We might even give you a sandwich. Uh, but Liz, what have you been seeing, or what, better yet, are you excited to see this coming week with the Upfront presentations? Is there anything out there that maybe could be exciting and fun? I don't know. I mean, is there any sort of evidence that uh, Fox might be bringing back a long-beloved uh, franchise for a new generation? I mean, is there? Is there. If only we were some way to investigate. Mm, I think we'd need the FBI, but probably like a very specific branch of the FBI. Yes. Not a normal one. Not somebody who deals with traditional cases. This Something is a, a little more out there. A little maybe. more, a little supernatural even. Yes, that would be a good, yeah. be a good place yes. to start. So, of course, we're talking about the X-Files. What? Oh, yeah, the X-Files is coming back. I forgot. Great. Yeah, that's neat. Uh, in, in in theory, what we're looking, you know, they haven't shot anything yet, but that's going to probably be a big part of Fox's presentation next week. The it big better thing, be. Yeah. Well, the thing about the upfronts is that the, here are the two big things that come out of it. One is we get a firm sense of what the fall schedule will be. Um, that means that you know if any show hasn't been canceled yet, uh, this week has been the week prior to the upfronts has been full of cancellations, which we'll get into in a little bit. But we're also going to so aside from getting like a firm sense of the schedule, firm sense of trends, we, trends we can expect going into the next year of television. The other big thing is we'll get we'll get longer trailers than you normally ever get. Like we'll get two to three minute long looks at um, every pilot that they've taken the series. Yeah. And that can be pretty exciting. Uh, I think last year, like we got a great taste of things like The Flash. Yeah, um, Gotham, I think, had a nice trailer as well. Yeah, and there's even some stuff that that comes out a little bit early. Like they they get excited about it, they want to have it on the fall, and then somehow they end up pushing it again later. I remember in our summer preview we just wrote up was Public Morals, and mm. I was convinced that I mean we've had that trailer for over almost a year now, and it was a big long two three minute trailer, and it was because they were so excited about it they got it out there for the upfronts, and then they ended up delaying it a little bit, and now it's coming out later. So, I mean, you're going to be getting a lot of information about a lot of shows and kind of just prep work, something to keep in the back of your head, something mm -hmm. to be like, oh, well, that could be fun down the road. Down the road. So. Yeah. So, I mean, we're not going to get necessarily a three-minute teaser for the X-Files because the X-Files hasn't shot anything yet, but we will probably get additional details about the show and about what they're planning. They And that, that'll be exciting. NBC has a lot of... A, Looks like it has a fair amount of changes it's going through. Uh, it's definitely definitely a lot of shows on the bubble right now there. Yeah, uh, but I they mean, they also have made some cuts. Yeah, NBC is definitely a, a, a network in transition, which I think we've mentioned before on the show. It's very much seems to be searching for its own identity. It's reliant on the voice to carry a lot of ratings, Sunday Night Football to carry a lot of ratings, uh, Blacklist does pretty well still. Uh, but like their comedy lineup is really in flux. They haven't, they don't have anything now that Parks and Rec is gone that really everybody can get on board with. Uh, so yeah, they're really going to be trying out some new stuff this year. And it, it should be. I mean, it's always exciting to see what they believe in and why because mm -hmm. they'll try a little bit of everything. Usually, they'll try something that's very broad and and can be accepted by everybody and be a mainstream hit if they're lucky. Or they'll try something a little unique than under the radar that they hope you know catches the catches the the word that I can't remember right now. The, uh, <laughs> the, zeitgeist. the Zeitgeist. That's exactly what I was looking for. 
Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's it's exciting. We're going to get some looks at some stuff, and we're going to see what they're excited about, which is always interesting, too. We're going to see what they really believe in and push hard in the next week. Yeah. So what about, what are you looking forward to especially in terms uh, of, in terms of sh- specific shows that we should be, uh, we're going to get some details on? Well, like you mentioned, I think, I think the X-Files is obviously the biggest, and we can talk about that for the whole time here. Yes. Um, but in terms of, of content, that we have no real grounds for, like we just mm-hmm. kind of know the premise, the cast, the creators, that kind of thing. Um, for the probably the first time ever, I am excited to see a Shondaland show. Good lord. Um, I don't have anything against Shondaland shows except for How to Get Away with Murder, which I don't like. But Scandal, Grey's Anatomy, great stuff. This year, though, ABC is pushing something called The Catch, and the reason I'm excited about the catch is not only that it's a Shondaland show, which will obviously have a lot of backing behind it, a lot of kind of juicy, fun details to get into, and, and lots of drama, uh, but it also has uh, Jennifer Schur behind it, who uh, produced Hannibal, or at mm. least is still producing Hannibal. Um, and then uh, it also stars one of my favorite actresses, Marielle Enos. Enos? I'm not sure how to pronounce uh, One it. of the two. But yeah, she's amazing. She was in The Killing, which is what most people would recognize her from, but she's also popped up in a number of smaller films. She was in um, a kind of a badly reviewed movie called The Captive, but I thought it was really well done with, had some great acting in it, and a, just an across-the-board awful film called Sabotage, which you'd remember as Arnold Schwarzenegger's last disaster. But the thing is, even when the movies are bad, and they're not always bad, and The Killing wasn't necessarily very good either, but she is so good in it. Like, she really owns her own scenes. She holds that, holds your attention. She's able to really dig into the character, and I'm excited to see her kind of transition that into a Shondaland show. Like, yeah. to have that moment where everything is too batshit crazy, but she's the one who grounds it. Yeah. I really liked her in that little indie that, you know, like, oh God, what was it? Um, World War Z. Yeah. That was that. Yes. <laughs> Clearly, her shining moment was in World War Z. But she was great in that. I she mean, had like, like, like you said, ten minutes of screen time. It was wonderful. It, it was, it was, it was not enough screen time. And, <laughs> no, I think there's always something really gratifying about seeing an actor team up with with a production team that you know means that they at least have a real shot. Yeah. Uh, you know, one of the canceled shows this this week was a Backstrom of featuring Rain Wilson. And Rain Wilson's a really interesting performer, but that, for some reason, the producer of that show, uh, who created Bones, just can't get anything else going. Yeah, they're really struggling, and I mean, that kind of thing is something that you can get excited about and then be a little let down by, and one of the other canceled shows this week was uh, was um, the Vince Gilligan pilot. That, yeah, Vince Battle Gilligan's Creek. Battle Creek. Yeah, and I mean, that was something that I was excited for, not only because Vince Gilligan did Breaking Bad, but also you've got Josh D. Mellon there, you've got uh, Dennis, whose name I will never remember, but he's Dennis from His, 30 Rock, and yes. that's all that you really Dennis about. Duffy from 30 Rock. The actor's name is Dean Winters. There it is. Uh, His but name is also, too cool to be Dennis. Like yeah. Dean Winters is like this great, cool, old character actor kind of name, and then it's Dennis from Thirty Rock who keeps calling Liz dummy and just cracks me over. Time. Hey, dummy. But yeah, I was really excited about that. Um, it was a kind of fun procedural, but yeah. it just never really crossed over from that. So. Well, I think the problem is we keep calling it Vince Gilligan's Battle Creek, but the problem is it really wasn't Vince Gilligan's Battle Creek. It was another producer he teamed up with. It was probably 
my guess is that was a script he wrote ten years ago. And yeah, it, it was an old project that he worked on, and, and then like once he hit it big, everybody was grasping for stuff, and that's kind of like, how it came hey out. Vince, you got any other shows? Like, ah, let's see what else I got here in the old filing cabinet. Yeah, but it's easy in those preliminary stages before we can dig into it, before the you know the TCAs happen, we get to interview the people, talk to them, see where this originated, and then what their involvement is. Once you see somebody's name on it, and then you see an actor's name, or you just see a cool premise, you think, oh man. I'm excited. That's something that could be good. And yeah. it's fun to, you know, keep that excitement because every once in a while it pays off. Yeah. The problem is, of course, that, you know, our initial excitement is based on those very small factors. And then, of course, the actual reality of what a show can be, you know, changes. Like, oh, yeah. I actually went into Stalker last season with some vague sense of optimism, largely due to the fact that I love Maggie Q. I think she's amazing. And Live Free or Die Hard, just great. Yeah. I well more Mission can, Impossible three. She can take a punch. She can dole them out too, and she was great in Nikita. So I was really excited to see her do a new show. And then Stalker happened, and it was not good. No. Um, I'm on I'm on Stalker cancellation watch, and I'm going to throw a little party once once the news comes in. Yeah, just for the record, guys, this is Friday afternoon, and we're recording this, so there could have been a lot of cancellations at the end of the. Day. It's pretty late in the day, but yeah. I mean, it could be even later. It could be over the weekend. It could be Monday when this goes up. Hopefully, Stalker is among those. But, yes. uh, but, Not going to win. Another one that I'm excited for that, honestly, I can't give a good explanation for why I'm excited sure. is Grandfather, which is John Stamos' new pilot on Fox. And he's got he's got Paget Brewster, or pa- Paget? Paget, I think Paget so. Brewster? Yeah. I'm terrible at names. Um, but just those two alone in a single camera comedy on Fox is enough for me to have hope. And the premise is fun. Like it's it's something slightly different from what we've seen. Uh, it puts it's going to take Stamos's Playboy lifestyle and or Playboy you know image and then make him feel you know kind of take him off balance. Like the yeah. concept of discovering that you're a grandfather all of a sudden, like that's a huge life moment for anyone. And having it come as a shock, that's a great way to kick off what hopefully is a a show filled with well-developed characters because that's what's going to sustain it. Yeah, and that's where it's kind of curious for me. Is is it a premise that's so simple that it works or is it a premise that's too simple and it doesn't work? Like, I mean, the idea of, you know, a, a dad discovering that he has a kid and then, you know, learning to love himself and be a better person because of it is, you know, one of the oldest of all time and now they've just doubled down on that concept where he didn't know he had a kid and, so now he, how could he know that he has a grandkid and then mm. they're going to run with that and I mean it's interesting and it's a, it's a funny visual cue considering John Stamos still looks like he's 30 yes but um, honestly the reason that I'm excited about it is the reason I get a lot of reason I get excited about a lot of pilots because of the talent like I mean Stamos is just a great TV presence he's, Stamos he's perfect for it he was on Galavant this last year yeah. and he stole every scene he was in which somehow got renewed by the way <laughs> I am I am blown away that Galavant got renewed that makes it makes no sense for ABC to renew that show because given the fact that I was convinced they were, on, they were on drugs the whole time during the development process so I guess they didn't get rid of the drugs they it's, kept doing the drugs I mean drugs are addictive you stick with them yeah. so it happens as is Galavant it turns out yeah so I mean I mean, it's 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 exciting to see him get back, see Stamos get back on a show where it's his, where it's it's his show. He's going to run with it. I like comedies. I'm always a big comedy fan, so I'm looking forward to that. I hope they can pull it off. In general, I find that I'm much more at, at this stage in the process. I'm always much more excited about a comedies over dramas because, and I think part of it is like a great comedy really does oftentimes boil down to who's starring in it 
who's writing it, and is it the premise loose enough to be fun? Mm-hmm. Like that's I think a lot of times what I look for in a comedy. Like even like Grace and Frankie, which you know is getting mixed reviews right now. It's not a perfect show by any means, but when that show works, it works. It it, it doesn't have to work for it because it, what it does is it lets Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin have at each other, and it's great. It's great fun. Yeah, and going the other way with it too is we're trained now at this point after the you know rampant success of cable dramas that broadcast dramas are pretty hit or miss. Like I'm always way more cautious and worried about dramas when they come on to broadcast just because they usually don't have a hard enough edge. They usually don't have the kind of realism that you know audiences have grown to expect because of what's been on cable. And cool. I mean. It's just not. It's just not you, something you can gauge and know if it's there or not until you see the whole first episode. Well, I think it's it, it even it has less to do even with edge and the style than it does with authorial voice, which is something we talk about all the time. Like, you know, yeah, your your most like say state of affairs, this drama starring Catherine Heigl, which also got canceled this week. Thank God. Um, then really hated that one for some reason. Oh, it was just, I mean, it was just bad on every level of it. Like, the construction of it, the believability of it. I don't like Katherine Heigl. I mean, there's nothing to get excited about in that. If you want that show, watch Homeland. Like, Homeland is a much better version of that show. We don't need a crappy version of it. Alright. So, I just, yeah. So now you know why Ben. I vented. Now I vented. We can move on about happier things. But no, my point about bringing it up though is who produced that show? Who wrote that show? Who created that show? The answer is a group of people who weren't that interested. Who not? I'm sure the producers of that show are wonderful human beings with great talent. Hell, they're making more television than I ever have. But the point is, is that the shows that we get excited about tend to be the shows that have a really strong behind-the-scenes voice. And that's why Shondaland shows, at the very least, are interesting. That's why Hannibal remains a continual favorite of ours, because Brian Fuller is a really dynamic creator. And so, with a lot of these drama pilots, it is, you know, you don't like you see a lot of names attached as executive producers, you don't necessarily get excited about any individual one of them. And that's just like a fact of the broadcast network there are no superstars really working at a, on the broadcast pilot level at this point there are tons of them I'm sure but we're not seeing we're, you know we don't get we don't get a dozen of them the way that like you know you look at the line you look at uh, the creative talent behind shows on FX and you can pinpoint who each who each show is created by and what who's driving it yeah no absolutely I mean it's definitely a, a huge factor and, and one that's kind of at least being experimented with now on the broadcast level because, I mean, a show that I know you liked way more than I did, American Crime, had John Ridley behind it, had had a team of writers, he was brought in to, like, shepherd this thing, and it's got a very distinct voice, at Mm -hmm. the least. Like, even if you don't like it, even if you think it's it's overwhelming and overwrought, it's definitely more of a cable show that showed up on broadcast, and somehow, even though it just plummeted in the ratings, ABC kept it, and they're going to bring it back for season two. Well, I think probably, my guess would be, with uh, American Crime season two, is that they're going to go after probably a slightly more high-profile talent. Well, even if they do that, even if they're able to do that, which frankly I think is going to be difficult just because of how poorly the first season did, even if they, even if they're the able ratings. to get that, exactly, uh, even if they're able to get that done, I mean... To me, the reason they're doing it is because John Ridley has this other mysterious project that he's working on at ABC that they haven't been able to get out there. The Marvel Ridley, Show. Yeah, and Ridley won 
uh, an Oscar for 12 Years a Slave. They want to keep this guy happy. They know he is a, a worker, a creator, and an important voice out there. So, I mean, if he's got, if, if he believes in this other show and this other show gets as many Emmys as they expect it to, American Crime, then, I mean, it's definitely worth keeping around for another year. Emmy voters like broadcast still. Yeah, because it's what they know. Yes. Uh, <laughs> by the way, you want to hear my John Ridley theory about the... Because the show that they're, he's rumored to be working on with uh, ABC is a Marvel show. Mm-hmm. Now, dig deep into John Ridley's IMDb page, you find that he was an, a producer on a producer and writer on the UPN um, musical music industry drama Platinum. Now, this is what I think. I think John Ridley is going to do a Marvel series based on the character of Dazzler from the X-Men comics. That is a deep cut, Liz. I have no idea her, who that is. Her power is that when she sings, she becomes a, like she make, makes disco lights flash. That's why she's called Dazzler. There is no way that that show would succeed. There is no way. That thing would get kicked off the air faster than Hugh Jackman's CBS musical. Oh, Viva Laughlin. Yeah. Poor Viva Laughlin. That's a, that's a deep cut right God, there. I hope that's what he's working on. That would be fantastic if they just walk out there whenever they decide to unleash this project to the world. And they're like, you know what, guys? We made a superhero show about a chick who can make disco light, lights flash. When she sings. When she sings, of course. So Dazzler I mean, might have been created during the late 1970s. I'm picturing Viva Laughlin meets Smash. That's kind of what's in my Meets head. Empire. Meets, ooh, well, you threw in at least one winner there, so we'll see. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, getting back to shows that are actually <laughs> happening and not Liz's strange imagination, uh, the, the, the last couple of shows that I'm excited about that, that have been confirmed and are going forward this week, um, The Grinder, Grinder, which is another Fox comedy, which stars Rob Lowe, who is Ben's favorite. If anyone has read anything I've ever written knows, Rob Lowe is the man. Ben really loves Rob Lowe. I mean, it really didn't, it really didn't hit me until... Parks and Rec. Like, when he showed up on Parks and Rec and did what he did as Chris Traeger, that's just a whole other level of acting. I've, I've never seen anything quite like that. I mean, especially coming from the West Wing. Mm-hmm. And then you go, if you really somehow, for some reason, stuck with Californication long enough, you'd see him show up as this really messed up, crazy actor who would do the most disgusting things and had the worst stories. And somehow he pulled that off. Like, somehow he made that work opposite David Duchovny. Um... And so, frankly, anything he's going to do at this point, I'm going to be excited about. This has got a dangerous premise in my mind because it's about a a, uh, a TV, TV lawyer, lawyer who loses his long-running series and is convinced he can go back to his small town, small hometown, and run his family practice. It's like Doc Hollywood it, or, or Heart of Dixie. I'm more concerned that it's going to be like The Judge and they're going to just make fun of small town living as their punchline every other word and that's just going to drive me up a wall but right we'll aside from happens. that i'm also another another show i'm excited for is dr ken uh which uh, is the ken john series no absolutely not why because of ken john you don't like him no i don't i i've never seen him in anything where i thought he was good but you know who's playing his son is albert Sai. Who yeah. played Bert right. on Trophy Wife and was amazing. I did, yeah, I read that and I and I, I, I like everything about the show except for him and, and the thing that really bums me out is I've heard he's a great guy. Like I've heard he's just a wonderful human being, and I I don't doubt this. But 
he is not my cup of comedy. Like, it just, I mean, even on Community, they had to rein him in. Like, he got too big. He still is too big, so I, I don't know. So it's, it's the fact he's too big. That's what you don't well, like. Well, he shouldn't be the... He, from what I've seen so far, from the characters that he's created, let's say, they shouldn't be front and center. Like, the, mm-hmm. the whoever decided to make him important in the Hangover movies is just insane. They did. They really lost their mind when they made that decision, and there's no wonder the sequels were so bad. But, uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I hope it's good. I, I'll stay positive about it, but I'm, I'm very concerned. Fair enough. So what's another show? What's something you are excited for? Well, there's one that I thought we should just talk about, Liz. Okay. Because it involves someone that's not near and dear to my heart, but maybe to yours. And it's a show called The Family, and I believe it's an ABC show. Mm -hmm. It stars Joan Allen, who everybody loves. Everyone loves Joan Allen. Thank God Joan Allen's going to be on TV every week. That should have happened a long time ago. Indeed. I feel like it's a huge missed opportunity. (laughs) Zach Guilford is coming back. He's already had, I think, like two failed shows on ABC, at least, right? Yeah, there was The River. Yeah. And, gosh, what was the other one? It was the... Uh, it was the medical practice thing. Yes, the, like, medical... Yeah. Like, uh, uh, overseas in Africa yeah. or something. This time, though, it seems like this is going to take place in America. Mm-hmm. So I think it'll be okay. I think I think our beloved Matt Saracen... Right. Closer to the Friday Night Lights territory, so yes. we can be excited about it. The closer it. Matt Saracen gets to Texas, the better off we all are. Absolutely. Just let him loose. Let that cannon loose. His eyes were wide open. <laughs> uh, but the sticking point, again, and we know we're talking about just actors right now and basic premises and, and a lot of theory, but I mean, really, can I get that excited about a show that has Allison Pill in it? You love the newsroom so much. I know, Liz, and she almost ruined it. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine something so great as, like, the newsroom was, and then someone just sneaking in and, and bringing it down to its knees? I mean, it just... Yeah, I can't. It's called Aaron Sorkin's Ooh, writing. No, I, that's impossible. That doesn't make any sense. It's like, he's an Oscar winner, Liz. You can't say that about Aaron Sorkin. Oh, can and will. Oh. Forever. Good luck talking to yourself, Liz. I don't think anybody else would agree with you. I don't know. I'll be on the internet, that thing that Aaron Sorkin understands so well and knows how to ba- write about so clearly. Just because he rejects one of the most important innovations of our time doesn't mean You mean, mean treating women fairly? Hmm, well, that's just a different line. And I, frankly, if you're going to talk about women being treated fairly, then I probably shouldn't keep talking about Alison Pill because I will be vastly unfair to her. I mean, you're not going to be... You can evaluate her talent as an equal of gender-neutral status. Yeah, sure. I'm just saying she's really good in Snowpiercer. She's... Mm, she's not. Like, she's really not. Like, I, I find her to be one of those actors who's so distracting, I can't engage with anything they do. It never feels authentic to me. It never has, and I, I just can't see how it could. Guys, yeah, you, this is something where if you're actually listening to this and you have any ability to comment on the post or you tweeted us and you want to explain to Ben how wrong he is about Allison Pill, I welcome you to do so. Yeah, that's fine, but please don't send me anything about the newsroom. I'm sick of hearing from people who don't like the newsroom. It does doesn't matter at this point. It's over. Okay. Let it go. It was a great show. You're all wrong. We'll move on. But yeah, if you've got a bone to pick about Alice and Pill, I'm fine with talking about it. Oh goodness! And how she's really she's so she's so cute in Scott Pilgrim. God, no. <laughs> I mean, I just there's something. There's no Scott. There's no Alice and Pill uh, performance that Ben approves of. It's really sad. I don't sad. think so. I, I, I haven't scoured for it. I'm not going to go out looking for more, but I really haven't been able to find one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Liz, is there is there anything that's been canceled so far that you're really going to miss? 
I mean, not really. I think I think Marry Me, we all kind of knew was on its last legs. And there were some great people involved with that show, but you know, that kind of felt like it was going to be done. Uh, nothing's really shocked me is the other thing. Like, I think the only, the biggest shocks for me really were ABC not canceling Agent Carter and Galavant just because those shows cost must cost so much money. They must just be incredibly expensive. Agent Carter is a period superhero drama with some like A list A list talent involved. You like, don't cancel on Marvel is you just don't do it. I guess not. Well I guess the the the, the factor is is that it is all still within the family. These are you know these are ABC Studios productions airing on ABC and that always helps the show's survival. Yep, Disney loves Disney. Um and the thing about Mary Me was too that it's the perfect example for a show that we were very excited about last year at this stage because Ken Marino, Casey Wilson uh, creator of happy creator endings. Creator of happy endings. Uh, I, I mean, it seemed like something that couldn't go wrong, and yet it really, really did. Like I, I, I got hopes. I had hopes mm-hmm. after the pilot, but they went away pretty quick. Um, the biggest loss for me on the cancellation side right now is about a boy, which really just it's expected. We saw it coming, but at the same time, Jason Kadams has yet to really make a bad show and mm. it, it, you never want to see it go away and he's definitely working on a lot of other things right now so it's not going to be long before we can get another Kadem show back but this one will probably be forgotten pretty quickly after only two years not a lot of viewers not a huge following specifically because it wasn't hilarious it wasn't a drama but it was somewhere in the middle where it had a lot of funny sincere moments great acting and it was just kind of fun to watch, so I'll miss that one. And uh, lastly, I'll just pour one out for another deceased OC cast member. The Heart of Dixie got canceled, guys. So Rachel Bilson is on the streets, and that's sad. So, I mean, let's get some OC people back on the airwaves. Ben McKenzie's doing fine on Gotham. Uh, 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 oh, shoot, what's his Adam name? Adam Brody. Adam Brody. He's got the DirecTV show Billy and Billy, which, fine. DirecTV could do a little better, but he'll, he'll keep busy. And, I mean... Let's not discuss Misha Barton. But really, Rachel Bilson is going to land somewhere. Can't wait to see where. Indeed. So, I think, uh, I mean, that, that basically, I think, sets us up well for, you know, we leave you to the, this upcoming week of upfront coverage. It should be fun. Should be There should be some good news to come out of it. So there should be some interesting news to come out of it. Excellent. And at the very least, uh, you will have a we'll have a sense of what to expect in a couple of months from the new television. Uh, with that, I think let's just wrap things up with best thing, next thing. Uh, ben, what was the best thing you saw last week? The best thing I saw last week, Liz, was Planet Earth on Netflix, Good and luck. I am sure that everyone has already seen this. So have I. It's been out forever. It was the Blu-ray you bought when Blu-rays came out. It defined HD TV at the time. Right. And it still does. That thing is amazing. Everyone, make sure you watch it. It's been featured on the homepage for a while, at least on mine. Uh, it's sitting out there. My girlfriend loves it. I mean, it's really just something to behold. So I, I recommend dipping back into that if you if you have the chance. Good Lord. Deep cut. Deep cut. Oh, gosh. And now it's my turn. Yeah, Liz. And I have to say, I just rewatched. Uh, I rewatched the second season of Orange is the New Black kind of in mental preparation for the third season coming out. And that show, when, when, when I am in the rhythm of that show, it is just so soothing. And so, it's so soothing and so interesting. And I really love so much what happens with the characters. 
there's some twists from season two that I knew, I, you know, of course I've known about because I've seen the season before, but gosh, it just catch up on you. Like, uh, like, you know, everything that happens with Morello, like, as weird as it is and unexpected as it is and potentially damaging to the character, it is such an awesome blindside that uh, it may, it, it's, it's, a, it's such a standout episode for me of that season. So so is that what you're looking forward to as well? Are you looking forward to the third season? Uh, I, I was my, my, my looking forward to, my next thing was going to be uh, the back half of Grace and Frankie, actually. Oh, okay. Because I, I reviewed the first six episodes when they were made available for review a couple weeks ago, and I really enjoyed them. I, I enjoyed them. I had some problems, as mentioned even earlier in this podcast. But the thing is, is that that's the. I'm really excited to sit down with the first, the, re, the rest of the season, and find out what it's building to, because I want to know if they're going to if the se- if season one ends with a wedding, essentially. Because I think that's what they've been. I think that's the 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 idea, the premise, and I want to see how that plays because it could go a lot of ways. It'd definitely match the title credits, given that there's a giant wedding cake, and then all that cute little animation acting out what happens to him, which frankly I love. So. Yeah, it's a good it's a good opening sequence. It's fun. Yeah, it's fun. Um, I'm looking forward to something that I don't think I'm actually looking forward to. Mm-hmm. I am anticipating the season finale of American Crime, which we already brought up on the show as well, so I'll keep it very short. I don't like the show. I feel like it's very just over dramatic, too intense, too much going on to be taken seriously. I, I, I it it just doesn't work. But that being said, it's created enough narrative suspense that I want to know what its moral message is going to be. I just want to know what they're going to try to leave us with as a takeaway. And now that they've been given a season two, and they're going to come back with a new story, and they're going to refine some things, and I'm sure that they're going to try to make it more broadly appealing, which means less insanely dark. Like, this Mm -hmm. is not even cable dark. This is just too brutally, unbelievably dark. I really do think season two is something to look forward to as well. So I'm going to watch the finale, I'll see what happens, and we'll go from there. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, it's going to be a complete, you know, like you said, it's going to be a completely new story, so the only thing to get out of the end of season one is that there are no, there are no limits, there are no holes barred, they can do whatever the hell they want. Yeah, I, I, I want to watch it for the same reason that you kind of compare True Detective season one and two. It's like, you, they're going to be completely different beasts, they're going to be completely different things, but they're written by the same guy they're going to have the same kind of attitude you would imagine. They're going, there's, there, you have to be able to glean something from that just if it's your own personal liking of it or not. Like, subjectively am I going to agree with what they're trying to tell me? And sometimes you don't. And then you just can't engage with the, in, with the show. So I'm going to see if it's going to work. We'll see what happens after that. Great. Thursday, May 14th, I think is that. So this coming Thursday, if you're listening on Monday. Great. Uh, and be right after ABC's up front, so who, yeah. knows what, who knows what we'll get out of that. And ABC has got to be the MVP right now, just for, I mean, what they've saved and what they've canceled. I mean, they're really kind of surprising people. The rest of the stuff, like you said, a little predictable, but ABC, hmm. they're doing some work. All right. Well, uh, as always, you can find Ben at Ben T. Travers on Twitter. And you can find Liz at LizLit with an I and an E, you pick the order, on Twitter. I should get the reverse one so that, like, in case yeah. the Les lit. You should lock that down. I should. Uh, though, actually, that one's probably taken now that I think about it. Um, 
<laughs> ben just got it. Anyways, uh, but yes, uh, keep 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 checking in with IndieWire for all your IndieWire television needs. And in the meantime, keep watching television.